Bonjour, and welcome to Meet Us in Paris, the podcast that takes you on a whimsical journey around the world. I'm your host, Zen, and today is a podcast that is dear to my heart because it's all about coffee. Over the years, we've had a few podcasts about the various drinks, and the ones that keep coming up is that dark elixir, its history, and various stories from around the world. I thought it would be fun to compile our stories into one episode today. Stories like the history of the Greek coffee cup found in New York, coffee's origins, and some history behind Cuban coffee known as Bustelo. But before we start, a short break from our sponsor. At 21, Steve Jobs founds Apple Computer. Colonel Sanders is 62 when his first KFC franchise opens. Success can come at any age. Need help jumpstarting your success? With thousands of courses and 60-plus certificate programs, UCI Division of Continuing Education can help. Courses are offered every quarter, so start today at ce.uci.edu forward slash amazing. And we're back. To kick things off, let's hear from Katharina, one of our original hosts from the podcast. Katharina was so much fun. If travel was her favorite hobby, research had to be her second favorite hobby. And I think you'll agree after hearing the story about the history of coffee in Italy. Ah, yes. I'll talk about Italian coffee. <coughs> and Ilo, is that what it is? The is coffee. It, is Italy. That Italy. Italy. Sorry, yeah, Italy. I was thinking about Yeah, that's Italy. like huge coffee brand and I yeah. mean everywhere. So I'm sure they do it good. Yeah. The Italian coffee. Good coffee. Yeah. Um so when I went to Italy, I think I was 15, and I remember our tour guide was telling us, if you go to the coffee bar, it's not called a cafe, they're called coffee bars, that you should order your coffee standing and not sitting. Ah, I heard that too. So um, when you sit down, you get upcharged <coughs> for your coffee. So normally when you stand at the bar, you have to go to the cashier and you ask them for, um, you pay up front. And you say you're going to be standing, and then it's only one euro. But if you, let's say, order it to the bar and you walk and sit down, then you get charged for more euro. Holy. For the same cup of coffee. Did you say four? Four euro. Whoa. Especially in the tourist areas. <clears throat> That's quite a bit different. Yeah, so um, tipping isn't customary in Italy. So that is pretty much including the tip, tip and the wages for the waitress or waiter. Who takes it to you? Who takes it to you. Dang. Yeah. So don't sit down. <laughs> um, and in <laughs> Italy... <laughs> Sometimes it's worth sitting down. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. But if you... <clears throat> yeah, if you want to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But in Italy, coffee is usually taken like a shot. So just a short espresso. Yeah. Super strong. And maybe you'll get one single sugar cube or a little bit of water on the side. And you can get a macchiato, which is just a stain of milk. And really the espresso is just to stand and uh, drink it very quick. So it really is an express drink. Oh, I see um, <laughs> and then when you go and order, so here's some knowledge on how to order a coffee. So when you say un cafe or coffee, it is just espresso. It doesn't mm -hmm. come with any cream or milk mm -hmm. or, or only one cube of sugar, if if you get that. And it does come with crema, but it's not cream. But it's really foam made from the oil in the coffee bean, mm -hmm. which makes <coughs> it even stronger. Yes. Right. 
then un cappuccino. So we're familiar with like the frothy cup, and that's what you expect to get, just mm-hmm. a lot of milk. Um, if you order this after 10.30, it's really weird, and they might um, oh. give you like a funny face, like why are you ordering cap- cappuccino? For them, they see cappuccino is usually accompanied with food, mm-hmm. and if you order oh. it midday or before like the dinner hour, yeah. for them it's seen as bad because the dairy is filling and it messes up your gi- digestive system. Oh, we could probably stand to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have um, un café doppio, which we know, double double espresso. Um, (coughs) Un café americano is just an espresso in a bigger cup of hot water. Uh, Do you know where that came from? Yes. The history. Yeah. The history of the americano coffee. Go ahead. Tell everyone. So it's... um, it became popular during World War II when American GIs were in Italy and they would want like, because we're here accustomed to like getting a big cup of coffee. That's like right. a drip water, drip, yeah, drip yeah. water right. down. And then Italy, <coughs> they didn't have that. So they created the Americano, which is they put the espresso in a large mug and add hot water. Right. It was designed specifically for American for GIs. American yeah. GIs, yep. And then if you ask for a latte, don't get surprised, but you're just going to get a glass of warm milk. So you have to make sure you say it un literally cafe means... con latte, which is a coffee of milk. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's some little fun things to know before you go to Italy. Choose to sit or stand. <laughs> so I've noticed a lot elsewhere in the world, they do call, anytime it's like uh, the drip coffee, it's like often American coffee or mm-hmm. cafe Americano. But <clears throat> the frustrating thing to me is like you don't always know what it's called. Like some some places just refer to it all differently. So I get so frustrated <laughs> when I go to a cafe and I don't actually know how to order that. Like nothing is very clear. Right. Or you don't know what you're getting. So I've had a lot of weird coffee for that reason because I don't know what I've <laughs> ended up with. But um, Define weird. I don't know. It's just like not what I want. Like maybe <clears throat> I got like a latte, like just milk or something. Or I'm like, this is not, not what I wanted. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. You need, you, need just, to go- um, you, you need to do some research before you get – you have to I do know. your homework. I know. I really do. And I never do. So it's a problem. <laughs> so – Oh, yeah. another fun fact about Ooh. Italian coffee. So normally a, uh, espresso is just 80 cents to one euro, which is not expensive. Mm-hmm. And that's because it is regulated in the oh. state to help um, workers. On in their, Italy. In Italy. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of that. Yep. Next up, it's me talking about the Anthora coffee cup. If you've ever spotted that distinctive blue and white cup with the Greek edging in shows set in New York City, you're looking at an Anthora cup. Stay tuned for my exploration of this iconic coffee vessel. So it's in the 1990s in New York City. This city is a little different from the one we know today. Still a little high on crime, not quite as clean, but there's still a special energy. Walking through the city, you can encounter Bosquat, Patty Smith, or maybe even Debbie Harry, from Blondie, that is, if you're not familiar, in a local deli when you got yourself a cup of coffee. And the vessel that you get your coffee in would most likely be served in a kind of cultural artifact that I'm going to tell you about today. 
is called the Anthora Cup. If you do not know what an Anthora Cup is, go ahead and Google it. It's spelled A-N-T-H-O-R-A. Um, go ahead and look, at, look for it. We'll wait. But for those of you who are driving around and you don't want to look at your phone, and we don't want you looking at your phone, you'll hit something. Here's a quick, quick visual description, oral description. An Anthora Cup is a paper coffee cup that is 8 or 10 ounces. Um, if you're a Starbucks drinker, 8 ounces is, is the equivalent of a short that no one's ever seen because everyone always goes straight to the, like, the grande, I feel like. Or a 10 ounce, which is somewhere between a short and a tall. So they're fairly small coffee cups. It has three main colors, white and ocean blue. And both of these colors are taken from the Greek flag, punctuated with an ochre bronze Greek style lettering stating on one side, we are happy to serve you. The text is framed with two, two tall Greek vases depicted, actually, is it vase or vase? I'm going to say, well, it could be both. You know, one time I was actually in Venice and um, someone said, showed me a little tiny vessel and they said, this is a vase. And then you pulled out like a big one. And it goes, this is a vase. Oh. We're going to call it a vase. So okay. um, the vase is depicted on both sides and completed with a top and bottom white Greek border. Okay, so, so why am I taking the time to tell you guys all about this? So what's so fascinating about these cups? Let me tell you a story. Um, I'm a big fan. Another story. <laughs> I know. I love Another your story. stories. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I'm a huge movie fan. In fact, when I was in college, I, my wife and I, we could rent movies for a dollar, and we could watch a movie every single night of the week. Um, and so, like, for seven bucks, that was entertainment for the week. And my best friend was a video store manager and such. Like, And my daughter, my wife was a video store manager, actually, at one point. So we just watched movies all the time. And I always thought that was, that when you watch movies, it's, it's, like, really, really biased. I thought, in the future, if you, an anthropologist, were to come back and see all these VHSs or DVDs or Blu-rays, they're going to have a very warped impression of America. And here's my three things that I think they're going to be <laughs> most warped about. You you got to see this, Tanya, so that's why I know you're laughing. Yeah. First of all, in every single coffee shop, and every, which means everyone in the world, everyone in the world must use Macintosh laptops. And PCs don't exist. Go look at it. Everyone's using a Macintosh in a coffee shop, and the only people using PCs are villains. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, really. Go take a look. The villains I never use. Yeah. Um, number two, everyone walking back from the local market. Now, this doesn't matter if you're in New York City or in France. They all are coming back with a, a loaf of bread that's too long to conceal <laughs> in their brown grocery bag. It's it's true. They all it's carry silly. this. Yes, you're right. This like loaf of two foot loaf of bread. And the last one is everybody in New York City consumes coffee from a cup that says we are happy to serve you the Anthora cup. So that's why I kind of came across this. Honestly, I was watching Men in Black the other day, and oh. I was like, and Men in Black, um, K is drink. I think it was K was drinking a cup of coffee in an Anthora cup, and I was like, 
you know, I haven't seen one of those in a while, um, except in movies. And, you know, the last time I was in New York City, I didn't notice them. I wonder what happened. So here's the lesson for the day. So there was a gentleman named Leslie Buck, the inventor of the Anthora Cup. He was born Laszlo Buk, I believe, to a Jewish family um, in Czechoslovakia, um, which is now part of the Ukraine. Um, Buck actually was a uh, Nazi Auschwitz survivor. Um, And after World War II, he moved to New York City um, and he settled in New York and adopted the name Leslie Buck as his American name. In 63, while working as the marketing director for Sherry Cup, which was a competitor of a company like Solo, um, and back then there was a lot of different coffee cup makers, he was asked to create a cup that would appeal to Greek-owned restaurants, which were all over New York City at the time, and their coffee shops, um, and their coffee shops. So the original Anthor Cup depicts of an image of the um, what I was talking about, the vase, the which vase. was... The vase. Mm-hmm. I'll the call vase. it vase from here on out. The vase, yes. <laughs> um, the it has an ancient Greek amphora as opposed to anthora. Amphora with a ph, um, a Greek vase. The amphora is thought to be the origin of the name of for the anthora cups because Leslie apparently had a very strong accent. And pronounce amphora anthora. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's so originally, I think he was trying to say, "Oh, this is the vase cup," but he mispronounced it, and it was, and it was the vase cup instead. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> vase. Yeah. Vase. <laughs> So impressively, even though Buck was not a trained artist, his coffee cup became the, one of the most iconic designs in New York City. Um, and a definitive coffee-to-go cup, sales of the cup reached $500 million in 1994, but fell to about 200 million cups annually by 2005. And Aww. this decline, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why you Aww. don't see them as much, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this decline was directly attributed to the popularity of Starbucks. Of course. Thanks a lot, Charbucks. You guys not only ruined coffee, you re- ruined a celebrated icon. Oh, they should partner and have a, a combo. That would be a really cool. And if they do that, we need to get some, like, you know, a royalty for that story. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, you know what? I think they should, like, do something a little bit more real, regionalized. Honor, right? Like a little bit of, yeah, like, like you say, icon. Yeah, or even if they made Starbucks cups with the blue colors just for mm-hmm. New York City. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, well, and speaking of icons, while it may be more and more difficult to get an Thora cup in New York City today, um, I was told you should try some smaller Greek vending carts and such like that if you want to try to find a paper one. It is so loved that in 2003, MoMA also known as the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, has immortalized the Anthora in a ceramic cup, and you can get one with the original print on the outside of the ceramic cup, and you can use it with your coffee of choice as long as it's not Starbucks when you're at home. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. So the last... 
by the way, I'm not I'm not really truly hating on Starbucks. Starbucks is just fine, especially if you guys like decide to uh, sponsor us. But anyways, last of all, <laughs> I love I'll, you if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> exactly. Um, last of all, those movies and TV shows I was talking about that I saw them in. Okay, there's a bunch of them. So first of all, Men in Black. If you watch Friends, hmm. hey, Friends is having a resurgence, right? You got to see Goodfellas the movie, Sopranos, Nurse Jackie. New York PD Blue, um, Friends. Wait a minute, I think I said that twice. Okay, um, never yeah, mind. I must like Friends. Yeah, I like <laughs> Friends. How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah. Law and Order. However, um, well, I guess if you're younger, you saw um, How I Met Your Mother. But for if you're a younger listener, you can also see these cups found in Marvel's Daredevil. Luke Cage, these are the television shows, and then Spider-Man No Way Home. So you'll see those coffee cups running around in those movies as well. Okay, so that's my story about the Anthora. Last of all, Tanya being Latin in origin loves all things Latin, including coffee. Here's her story on Bustelo Coffee, which has ties to Spain, Cuba, and New York. You can't get more international than that. Now I have to go and I'm going to watch this. Um, It's interesting because there's kind of an overlap in what I'm going to talk about with yours, uh, with the Anthora cup, which now I know how to pronounce. Well, it looks like it's cafecito time today, like I said, and it so happens that what I'm going to talk about is also from New York and also about coffee, but we did not plan this. Okay. So... Um, being from Colombia, you know that I, you know, it's a coffee region. And then I lived in Puerto Rico as a child. And then I um, went to like one year of high school in Culver City when all the Cubans were coming in. So there's a mix of kind of the Caribbean thing going. And I really love Cafe Bustelo. I learned it then during Culver City time in that era in high school. Wait, so that's from New York? It's from New York. Well, it was founded in New York. Oh, so okay. So, so it's not for it's, it's not uh, a foreign coffee or like Cuban or anything like that. Well, but that's where it began. Oh, okay. So I'll tell you the story. Okay. So if you've never heard or tasted Cafe Ustelo, it is in a plain red and yellow ten ounce vacuum packed brick. Um called, you know, like Envasado al vacío, vacuum packed. It also comes in cans, red and yellow colors. And when you open the package, it's this beautiful smell. It's heavenly, and it's a reminder of you know Latin America. Um, you can go to I you know I've been told since I have not been to New York that you can go into bodega, um, any of the corner stores in any of the New York boroughs, and you will find a vacuum sealed brick in the windows. Um, same goes for Latinos, kind of supermarkets here. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me back up and give you some background. So here's the story of how it came to be, Zen. So okay. we're going back to 1828. It was a long time ago. That's when Café Bustelo Company, um, that's when the the gentleman who, who brought Café Bustelo to the United States um, was born. He was a Spanish-born uh, Gregorio Bustelo, but he didn't come to New York until later. He moved to Cuba as a young man and fell in love with a coffee. So that's where it's coming, coming from Cuba. And he met his future wife, Angelina. He fell in love with both of them. Then they moved to Puerto Rico because opportunities for the American dream and United States looking for more entrepreneurial opportunity. 
he learned to fall in love with the roasted beans, the different kinds that they had in Cuba, and he learned his kind of the trade. So when he moved to Puerto Rico, um, kind of like as a side note, in 1917, there's an act called the Jones Shafroth Act, which was signed into law to make Puerto Ricans American citizens. So that's how Puerto Rico became part of the United States. And that simplified the immigration uh, of uh, Gregorio to come into the United States and be a citizen. So the only thing that like my kind of my side note to that is that two months later, 20,000 Puerto Ricans were drafted into first world war. So that was something kind of like, Ooh, that was something I found in, in the research and went, Oh, anyway, so just something to put in your back pocket. And then in 1928, the Bustelos, the Bustelos finally like settled in East Harlem, which is also called Spanish Harlem or El Barrio because of the many Spanish speaking immigrants, uh, you know, many of them from Puerto Rico. And um, that's where how Cafe Ustela was born. People call it a cafe born in El Barrio. And um, their story is that they, they got there don't have a lot of money they're trying to figure out how they're going to make ends meet with the dream of having this coffee in the united states and they started to do what they knew best roasting coffee they spent their savings on coffee roasters testing trying to sell and they began roasting at home and i'm thinking probably during that time they didn't have the regulations that we do now about roasting at home and selling which is what they did they lived down the street from a movie theater and in the evenings they would sell the coffee to the moviegoers at night which is interesting because nowadays we wouldn't have coffee at night right but i guess they did then or the- i love coffee at night but then Me i can't too. sleep <laughs> exactly but i still have it i still have it so i get it and then that turned into selling um to restaurants in the area and they started to grow so finally in like 1931 the bustelos opened up their own storefront in on fifth avenue and i'm going to tell say where it is but means again nothing to me 114th and 113th does that make sense to you zen can you uh you know i visited but i don't really know the names the street okay yeah we're on the same boat okay so then um what was interesting is they joined the other merchants that were spaniard he was spaniard born and then went to cuba so apparently this is a kind of a group of Spaniards who were now catering to the growing Latin American population. And they made kind of like a, uh, a chapter, like a, probably a, uh, you know, business kind of chapter of people doing different things for the community. And, you know, the brand in particular is kind of like the Caribbean or Latin American arriving newly to New York and yearning that taste of home. Um, and I think, it, you know, it, it kind of became a community for that reason. And then Café Ustela was purchased in 2000 by another company, Rolling Coffee Roasters. And then that was acquired by another Cuban-American family who later sold it to Smuckers, who apparently owns them now. That's as far as I could find. So it's funny that Smuckers, our jellies, are <laughs> are the ones who own Bustelo. Um And it was funny when I was doing research then I uh-huh. found that one of the first times Bustelo is mentioned or referenced in kind of in pop culture is when they had they were in a song from the musical Rent called <laughs> Day for You. And all the hipsters of the time made it take off because that 
that was cafe. And they're drinking it in your Anthora cup. No. <laughs> it was really my cool finding. I really enjoyed that moment. I was by myself, but I can't tell anybody, but now I'm telling you. So it was really neat. So that was the first time and we didn't plan kind of this overlap. So that was kind of cool. Um, okay. I got a quick question. I don't know if you know the answer. So you're talking oh. Rent the Musical? The Musical. Yeah. There's a song called Today for You. I went to go play because I wanted to listen. And it's one of the first things they say. It's something like, Bustelo, Marlboro, and Bananas Come as a Bunch or something like that. Oh, my God. That's right, awesome. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. A little kind of, you know, pop trivia kind of thing. So that was fun. Then, let's see. So then, you know, our friends, Smuckers, um, are now trying to reach out to millennials and the younger people that are outside the heritage demographic, right? So they're hosting VIP lounges at Coachella and other music festivals to make it kind of cool because this younger generation grew up with Los Abuelos drinking Cafecito Bustelo with, um, you must, I don't know if you know, the guava, guayaba pastelitos. I don't know if you ever have that with your no. being from Chile. So that is a typical thing to eat. So, um, I don't know if I, you, you weren't on the podcast before, but we did one on Chile, Chile, and they listen. have, they have a terrible, or back in the day, they drink Nescafe instant. Yes, they have, they do that in, um, in Spain. I remember being there and the big billboards, Ricky Martin and different people like that. Yeah. Nescafe, it's a big deal. Yeah, and they really don't drink fresh brewed coffee, though I understand Starbucks is now getting down there and they're introducing uh, fresh brewed coffee now. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, before, it's just like every time I went there, it's like Nescafe. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't I live know. this way. How do you it, people live this way? <laughs> yep. Isn't it funny? Yeah, that happened to us in Spain. I'm like, how interesting. Yeah. And we'd go to a shop, like a nice coffee place, and that's what they would give us. And like, whoa. <laughs> well, even if – but in Chile, Chile, I think it's funny because the thing is that, you know, so much great coffee is grown in South America. So like even if it isn't grown in Chile, it's just like all – it's like next-door neighbors. All your next-door neighbors have yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, Brazil's right yeah. there. I'm not sure in Spain they have coffee growing regions anywhere nearby. Maybe Ethiopia, those areas, but still. In Africa. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so – I'm sorry, Anyways, I digress. No, that's fine. That is um, that is interesting. The Nescafe, you're absolutely right. Um, let me think. I know what I was going to mention. The other time I found Cafe Ucelo was um, in a bodega, but I loved In the Heights, the the musical of Lin Manuel Miranda, and that um, Usnavi, the, the young man who sings, he works at a bodega, and Cafe Ucelo is all over it. It's really cool to see the the product placement. I really enjoyed that. Um, but then you can like search on the internet. You can find murals, art on on Etsy. I think it's just fun because the the and I'm going to go on the marketing side. The advertising and marketing is fun because it's only five basic colors. It's yellow, red, blue, white, and black. And those are the five colors they use for everything. So it's vibrant. It's it's fun. It's playful. You have men playing dominoes. You know, a coffee cup with empanadas, eating, um, people dancing. So it's um, it's fun, and I think the reason I selected this as a cultural curiosity is because Busilo became a story of the Spanish-speaking immigrants who came together from different countries to build a Latino community, the first Latino community in New York, and that community helped grow its business and. It felt like inclusion, belonging, being part of something and kind of helping. 
So I like that, you know, bringing us together to enjoy a good cup of coffee is is great. Um, I make mine with Bustelo. It's oh. as Americano. I use, I have it every day. It's I'm a fan. Um, and I use an old style espresso coffee pot. The ones that are like, they're kind of, um, what is it called? Uh, oh, a sand. Oh, God. I can't think of the word. You know the minute, those sand cl- clang clocks that you... Okay, never mind. Wait, you can edit that. Are you? Are, <laughs> I don't wait, know what's it called. Are you talking like a, like a stovetop? Yes, the the this. I can't think of that. Oh, yeah, anyway. what are those called? Yeah, oh, it's going to drive me crazy. Italian, the Italian, yeah, like the Bialetti, the Bialetti uh, mocha oh, pots. Yeah, those are probably the fancy ones. I use the, the yeah, but yes, um, and and or I've used a French press to get that, and it's a very strong coffee, so you can have it in those tiny tiny cups. Mm-hmm. Or I'll use a couple of those shots and brew it in in like a regular coffee. I do all kinds of different things. But then you take some sugar, the Cuban style kind, is you take sugar and you froth it up with a mini whisk. Right. I got my whisk from Ikea for like $5. <laughs> it's battery operated. And it ends up with a really, you know, foamy uh, creaminess on top. Like, uh, like who could resist? I say it's cafecito con chisme and friends. Uh, because that's like, you know, that's fun. And, but I think the most, the most part of this that I enjoyed, the best part was the fact that we had the overlap of rent musical with a coffee cup and Thora and Bustelo. That was a really cool kind of, um, serendipitous moment. And then that's it. Go have fun. Drink cafe Bustelo. And there you have it. Our coffee collection podcast. And before we wrap up, a huge thank you to our sponsor, the University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education. They provide top-notch professional education, whether you're seeking a career boost or exploring a new profession. Check them out at ce.uci.edu. Thanks once more for tuning in. Bye.